what am I going to do with that? I'm 101. I'm going to get drunk. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 6 this Monday morning. These stories always turn out interesting one way or another. TV crew at the retirement home or wherever because somebody is celebrating a milestone birthday. Speaking of a good year, that is when Carlene Staffaroni was born. Andrea Williams is with the birthday girl. They are in Brookfield at the Red Mill Inn. We love a birthday party. <laughs> yes, a party it is. A party it is. Yeah. TMJ4 News anchor Steve Shamraz tossing to reporter Andrea Williams the other day. A party it is. So this wasn't at the home. This They had gathered a place to celebrate, 100 years old, 1922 she was born. Ready to celebrate Miss Stefaroni, Stefaroni, and 101 today. How's it feel? Like I'm 150. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good start. Okay. Because these things... Good sense of humor there. I appreciate that. Oftentimes you have the unwilling participant, right? which I actually think is funnier. Because you've got the reporter there trying to get exactly those types of nuggets like, uh, out of the 100-year-old or 103-year-old. And sometimes they're like, why am like, I, <laughs> I just wanted to watch Judge Judy. It's right. on in 20 minutes. Are we done this here? Is this right. is too much, too much stimulation for me. Right. Why are all these people getting yeah. – I'm 100 years old. I should get to say what I do today. <laughs> but you all have made me come out here. Now I'm on TV. There's have no lights interest. everywhere. But no, Ms. Carlene Stefaroni was all in on the attention and the live TV interview. You're at 101 years young. What can we all do so we can see 101? What am I going to do with that? I'm 101. I'm going to get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I'm not entirely sure she understood the question. I think what we were looking for here is... Give us some yeah. longevity advice. <laughs> no, I think that you, get drunk is it sounds like what you said. <laughs> sounds like that's this is what I'm doing today. Right. <laughs> Not how did I get here? Right. Although probably right sure sounds like if it. If you're throwing that out at 101, yeah, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get hammered today. So how easy is that for a one hundred year old to get drunk? You'd have to think pretty easy. Half a margarita not take much, right? A little sip of something, we're we're good to go. That feels great, I bet. Good for her. I wonder though. I don't know. I don't. I, I guess we should double check. We should check on the. See, outcome. a dogged reporter would have asked. That's right. What's the follow up today? I'm going to get drunk. Six fourteen on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brandon Snyder's got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call. That's all. Sports desk. Here's Brandon Snyder. After dropping the first two games in Tampa Bay, the Milwaukee Brewers bounced back on Sunday afternoon to take care of the Rays by a final score of six to four. Thanks to some major help off the bat of Rowdy Telez. 3-1 pitch. Hit in the air in the center field. It's deep. Margot is back onto the track. Margot turns around. Watch this, baby. Goodbye, Rowdy Telez. Josh Maurer on the call right here on WTMJ. Freddie Peralta got the start for the Brew Crew. He gave up three runs and five hits over six innings of work as the National League Central Leading Brewers found a way to stop a three-game skid. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely that. Um, and, you know, I think Freddie probably wants one pitch back. They, they 
made him work in that inning pretty good. Um, I think he threw 32 or 33 pitches that inning. Um, but, and, you know, he, the, the, he made a mistake with, with some guys on base, and they did a nice job with it. Other than that, I thought he pitched a wonderful game. The Brewers get some home cooking tonight as they begin to host the Houston Astros. First pitch is set for 640. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at 605. Over to the NBA, Gabe Vincent scored a career-high 29 points, and the eight-seeded Miami Heat roll past the Celtics 128-102 on Sunday night. Miami now leads the series three games to none with a chance to finish off the sweep on Tuesday night at home in Game 4. Lakers, who are also down three games to none, will look to avoid a sweep tonight against Denver. Tip-off for Game 4 in L.A. will begin at 7.30. Lastly, over to the NFL, as the Green Bay Packers will have a new voice in the huddle on offense for the first time since 2008. Offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich is one you can count on who is eager and excited to see number 10. From a playbook standpoint, um, I think pretty much all of it's on the table. You know, he's been around for three years like you said and uh, you know really attacked it even last year you know you could see him coming to his own felt a lot more comfortable so this year he's really hitting it on all cylinders and uh, so I'm really excited to kind of see what he's going to bring. The Packers will be back on the practice field and will begin their first block of organized team activities later today. Coming up this is the week ahead signing unlimited WTMJ News Time 618. <laughs> On Wisconsin's morning news, busy week ahead. We got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, let's get to it. Time to bite the tower. It's time to look at the week ahead. Let's go. All right. First things first. Today, President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, mano y mano, face to face at the White House as they discuss the debt ceiling. Is that an et al? McCarthy, Biden, et al. Oh, I'm various sure. Various <laughs> other Schumer's in there. McCarthy's going to bring his peeps from yeah, the House. Yeah, but those are have the, it out. They're the big ones. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy emerged from his office after what he said was a productive phone call with President Biden. The agreement would be, let's get our teams back together so everybody clearly understands what we're talking about, what they're talking about. Yeah, debt ceiling. So the deadline is June 1st. I was hoping today on the... Uh, the cable channels would see like the faces looking at each other, almost like a debate stage where, you know, the side by side stills, yeah, or yeah. you mean like actually in the same room? No, no. It's like, well, no, they like yeah, when they introduce like boxers, up, like they get weighed and then they stand <laughs> right, and stare at each other, right? Right. And Janet Yellen's there. June first <laughs> is the big day. <laughs> pew, pew. All excited. No, they didn't do that. Uh, some other political news: uh, Republican Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina expected to formally announce he's running for president. Today, he already filed. So did Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida, but he has yet to make his announcement. That could come later this week. Tim Scott, first in the running in the VP sweepstakes. Ah, okay. Right, is what I... Is he that did what not, that's about? According to reports, he did not discuss anything with former President Trump before entering. He didn't call him and say, hey, by the way, I'm getting in. So who knows what could happen there. Uh, on Tuesday, a couple of things. Kim Zapata has a hearing on Tuesday. She's the one you may recall the... The elections worker from downtown City Hall, where she's the one that was able to request and receive and send 
uh, absentee ballots to other people, including State Representative Janelle Branchen. I think she had said she was trying to expose holes yes, in the system. Show, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, that's not legal. So, yep. so now she's do that. going through the court system. The other big one tomorrow, I know that this is on your radar. Milwaukee Public Museum is going to release another exhibit rainforest the butterflies and everything else uh, the final gallery being revealed tomorrow in the future museum last of five permanent galleries that'll be a part of the future museum opening in 2026 yep on wednesday that'll mark one year since the uh, uvalde texas shooting that killed 19 children and two teachers so you can expect to see quite a bit of ceremony and different things taking place regarding that on you wednesday. said something interesting about that that parents were being afforded the opportunity if they chose to view some of the video yeah. that the rest of us haven't it's, seen. Uh, it's a fascinating story on CNN. You can find it on CNN.com where there is a, a handful of mothers who had to see some of the body cam footage. And CNN had some of this footage and, and police have not released some of it. And like CNN like was requested, hey, can you show this to us? We would like to see some of this because we just need to visualize. And, and most of these moms have kids that are still alive, but were there. So they wanted to okay. see what their children were dealing with and their traumatic, you know, the PTSD and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's hard to even read the article, given what, they're, what they process and had to go through to, to see some of the body cam footage that you and I or no one else has seen yet. Yeah, whatever these parents need to do to get right and to feel like, you know, I'm not going to question their decision. Right. Just you put yourself in their shoes and wonder if that's the decision you would make. On Thursday, NBC will host the ninth annual Red Nose Day special, an evening of programming to raise money and awareness for children living in poverty. We've heard of this before. Walgreens is always big on this, right? The whole Red Nose thing. You go there and they ask if you want to add a dollar to the Red Nose Fund. That's what that's for. So NBC jumping on that on Thursday. Also, I don't know if you've ever done one of these. I have not. We've had reporters go in the past. A naturalization ceremony taking place at the Milwaukee County Historical Society on Thursday. That's... One where all, you know you become a U.S. citizen there. Yeah. You've gone through all the. Uh, it's like a mass one. Like there are yeah. a lot of people there. They all get get the oath. Pretty neat. I, I we've sent reporters in the past, and they've always come back saying it's pretty emotional and pretty unique. And there's a lot of reasons why people are going through that process. On Friday, Metal Fest kicks off at the Rave. Greg, I don't know if Pancake's ready for Metal Fest or not. I know that's that's your bag. Let's go. And it's also Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> So here we go. Whether it's by plane, train, or automobile, a staggering 42 million Americans are expected to travel at least 50 miles over the Memorial Day holiday weekend. And, of course, as uh, Brandon indicated, OTAs, which stands for Organized Team Activities, underway in Green Bay this week for yeah. a refreshing change. The starting quarterback's going to be there. Hey, how about that? <laughs> Let me ask you this, going back to the Memorial Day thing. How in the world does AAA know how many people are going to be traveling 50 miles or more? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Survey data and DOT data. Does from anyone ever states? audit no. that? Do we ever like check how back on those records? And yeah, how would we quantify that? But they just come up with a number every every holiday weekend. 42 million. Uh, we 56 million. How do you know? If Debbie in her free time start counting cars, <laughs> just give us a sample here or there. That's Seven. what I always do, but then I fall asleep. So Eight. That is your week ahead here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Six forty-one on Wisconsin's Morning News. The USDA, with the support of the Biden administration, considering banning flavored milk, yes, including chocolate, in public schools for all but high school students. Milk, it does. Milk, it does the body. Milk, it does the body. Pass it on. How's that go? Build your bones so you can. Don't you know? Don't you know? 
that actually is at the center of the debate over the part of the story. Uh, that part of the story is not new. But the pushback is as it continues to be debated. No decision made yet, but the USDA is exploring the move, uh, has not yet decided to do it. San Francisco public schools already banned flavored milk years ago. The pushback more recently coming from the right Fox News reporting over the weekend. Congresswoman Lise Stefanik, our New York. Now Joe Biden is embracing this far left radical proposal to ban chocolate milk. This is totally unacceptable. I will do everything in my power to stop these efforts Flavored milk is one of the best ways for kids to get essential dairy nutrients for growth and development. Now, if you're banning chocolate milk, uh, soda, is that also banned? I think that's long been out. I mean, I don't know that they're saying you can't have soda in the school, but that's never. I think they're talking about like what's available at lunch in the lunch line. So you can still bring chocolate milk. You just can't buy it in the lunch line. Sure, I guess if you want to go thermos with that. Right. You can bring what you want from sure. home, I suppose. But what is available or automatically included in school paid for lunches or what, you know, I remember, man, in my day, it was a dime for milk, but it wasn't yeah, started it was as awesome. a dime. Put that awesome. dime in your sock or wherever you had to. I think it was only 40 cents for my kids when they were in grade school. So here's the USDA's take. USDA is proposing to allow flavored milk for high school children only, so grades 9 through 12. This approach would reduce exposure to added sugars and would promote the more nutrient-dense choice of unflavored milk for young children when their tastes are being formed. So I think a lot of parents do this. I'm not for banning the, the, the chocolate milk or the strawberry milk or whatever because my, my take is some milk is better than no milk sure. for the kids. And if this is the only way, they'll choke it down because it's got some sugar in there. I'll I'll take that. But I do think a lot of parents do this. Like when our kids were little, we'd water down the juice. We'd go half and half mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because to their point, as they're forming their tastes, they don't know any better. Juice is still sweet to them oh, yeah. over water, but yet not as sweet as perhaps it would be. And there are some flavored waters now that are pretty good, too, and pretty decent that aren't don't appear to right. have much sugar in them. Uh, some pushback here, though. This is not exclusively coming from the right. Here's some pushback from the Urban School Food Alliance. We want to take a product that most kids like and that has nine essential nutrients in it and say, you can't drink this. You have to drink plain. What are we trying to prove? I think the the problem is then some kids just won't drink. Of course. And then they're not getting those nutrients. So what are they? Are they bringing a can of soda from home then or some? Because it's a hell of a lot easier to bring a can of soda than it is a a chocolate milk. Even a juice box with a bunch of sugar in it and 10% juice. (laughs) That's maybe not much, right maybe <laughs> so that debate playing out no decision again has yet been made by the usda but they're coming for your chocolate milk i'll be taking that oh that looks happy can't you read that bus driver's taking all the creamy delicious strawberry milk time for an update from the gruber law offices one call that's all sports desk here's brandon snide After losing three straight games, the Milwaukee Brewers bounced back on Sunday afternoon to take care of the Rays by a final score of 6-4 to down there in Tampa Bay to secure their 25th win of the season. The Brewers are back in Milwaukee tonight as they get ready to play host to the Houston Astros. Corbin Burns is slated to get the start. First pitch is set for 640. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at 605. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The NBA playoffs are close to the finish line, a main staple of spring, and for the most part, usually bring multiple storylines of drama along with them ahead of the start of summer. 
Have you paid attention to any of these games? Am I the only one here who feels that this year has just been very, very extremely weird? Maybe it's because my favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks, well, they bowed out way too early based on our expectations. But who really saw both conference finals series nearing a sweep? And if you did see a sweep, which... I don't think most of us did. Did you envision LeBron James and Jason Tatum on the losing end of those? Certainly not me. Since the NBA was founded in 1946, only eight teams have been swept in the conference finals. Simply put, it rarely happens. And now it could happen twice in the same season. Whatever is in the water In Miami, down there in South Beach, it's working for Jimmy Buckets and the Heat. On the other hand, Denver has been steady all season long. That team's play is probably the least surprising of the Final Four teams remaining. But nonetheless, making LeBron James and Anthony Davis left scratching their head for answers is pretty impressive. Sometimes, though, when it comes to these games, it's not always about skill, right? It's not always about seeding. Who's the one seed? Who's the two seed? But sometimes, it's just simply destiny. on Wisconsin's Morning News, joined in this year's studio by our teammate from 1017 The Truth, Telly Hughes. Good morning. I'll have to call you Dr. Telly Hughes, you know, (laughs) playing off of Dr. Ken. Right. You don't need that. (laughs) No, and I don't have any sort of degrees to back that up either, so. (laughs) No no hoods and robes and cords to be worn None of that. None of that. That was a one-time thing in college, and uh, I'm glad I was able to do that. In, out, done, got the document. (laughs) That was it. Now gainfully employed right here at Good Karma Brands. Hey, I wonder if you had a take on this. We were talking earlier about Elon Musk talking about work from home, which continues to be a debate, even among CEOs. Some like it. Some actually are doubling down on it. You've got Harley Davidson over here saying we're actually going to downsize our headquarters Mm -hmm. because more and more people are working from home. That's what we want to do. Other bosses are saying, I need people back in the office. Musk was suggesting that it's somehow immoral to work from home. I don't go there with them. But it's an interesting debate. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a morality issue. I think it's a thing of the stigma and the stereotype that came along with working from home. It used to be reserved for when you're on maternity leave or something was wrong. And you would think that you are not as productive at home as you would be at a workplace. But I think from the employer standpoint, they've spent all this money on these campuses and these buildings and you got to pay the bills to keep the lights on and stuff and if no one's showing up then that's a problem so i think the point of elon musk wanting people uh probably specifically his employees to go to work to a workplace because there is a place there's a campus there's things that they've built up and now it's a ghost town it's almost like building building college dorms but everyone is allowed to live off campus it's like wait a minute well why are we building dorms then so i think that's where we are right now but i think it's a far cry from a morality issue i have a buddy who works from home and has for years even pre-pandemic and he takes a nap on his couch every afternoon yeah okay. and like it used to drive me crazy but now i now i'm like more power to you man like, yeah well, right. for is, you. is he getting his work done yeah he's productive clearly okay. as far be. as we know yeah yeah but you said it used to bother you yeah because, like, because i'm jealous i want to i want to take a nap is that why it bothers you yeah I, i'll admit it affects me not at all i've wanted to come to work that's me that's my choice yeah i had 
when we were putting together our pandemic plan early in those days over TMJ4. Remember, a lot of people were anchoring the news from home sure, yeah. on the yeah. morning show. Susan ended up doing it, doing the show. I mean, I didn't see her for a couple of months. Did the show from downstairs or whatever. That's right. Yes. I was asked yeah. if, if it works out, we're just trying to see where everybody, if it works out that you would be able to anchor from home or come here, do you have a preference? I'm like, I'm coming here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you knew this, Vince. I have a brother who's a news anchor in Miami, has been a main news anchor at WPLG for the past 15 years. And during the pandemic, he was the same way. They asked him, would you rather anchor from home yeah. or go into the studio? And everyone was working from home. He was like, well, heck. I'm socially distanced. There's no one in here with me. I'm going into work. <laughs> it's safer here than hanging around with kids and whatnot. Yeah, so he never once anchored a show from his home. Yeah, me neither. I, I just didn't want the setup. And I also, like, I even if I had the type of job, I think, where you could regularly do from home, I would still want to come to the office. I think I'm more productive in here. But you don't think it's a moral issue? I don't, even though it bugs me sometimes. Why does it? You're right. Why does? Why would it bother you? If it doesn't affect you, why does it bother uh, yeah. you? Yeah, it bothers you because you're feeling like, well, that guy's lucky. Well, that guy clearly <laughs> made some better choices or some different choices <laughs> right. than you did. <laughs> and I don't even want what he has. <laughs> right. I mean, you prefer to have right. it the way that you want to. I but don't even want to do it. Yeah, but Vince, I'm the same way. I don't think I would be nearly as productive at home if i knew i had a couch i could take a nap on <laughs> right? or i could go work out like oh i can go get a 45 minute workout come back or oh i can go get me a round of golf and make up my work i'll just work a little extra i'll get it no. done yeah see i will be that guy i'll get it done guy and never get it done where my sister has been working from home for now three years and she has a whole setup where she'll get up take a shower put on clothes and go into the next room as if it's like down the street yeah. and she treats it like an office and everything and she's on the clock and and i'm like wow like i could not do that well I just let I her couldn't. know that's too many distractions us. yeah let yeah. her know that, that i'm a letter that bothers us i'm a caller now i'm like you know what <laughs> you bother me <laughs> Telly Hughes, 101.7 The Truth. Great to see you, man. Good to see you guys. Coming up next, we got the business headlines. Here's Milwaukee Business Journal's Teddy Nichol. Construction on a redevelopment of the library on Milwaukee's North Dr. Martin Luther King Drive is officially underway. The project will create 93 affordable apartments, a new public library building, and a community space in the restored lobby of the Garfield Theater Building. A new Caribou Coffee Cafe in Brookfield could open this summer in the former location of Pepino's Pizza and Restaurant. Caribou has signed a long-term lease to open at the intersection of Capitol Drive and Calhoun Road. Fredert Health closed its behavioral health unit at its Menominee Falls Hospital this month and plans to close the birth center at its Manitowoc Hospital on June 1st. It's shuttering the units as many health systems face financial headwinds due to rising costs. I'm Teddy Nykel with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.